I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As we reported earlier today, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints has updated several sections of the general handbook uh, in an effort to structure content around core doctrinal principles and the why. Uh, and a host of other things. So we wanted to get into what that is, what that means, and how it actually works. So we've got our, our good friend Sarah Jane Weaver, who is the editor of The Church News, joins us in studio uh, to talk about this announcement. This was has been a, uh, a major project in going through revising it. Uh, but for the average person, either inside of the church or outside of the church, you hear you know a general handbook. What does that really mean? Well, the, the general handbook of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints helps leaders administer the church and it's a global church it it has different things in every culture every country and and so there has to be some consistency with policies with programs and and those have to be applied in congregations that are small and large in locations in many countries. It seems like one of the uh, motives or one of the focus areas uh, of the current revisions and what has uh, been rolled out is really to simplify, to kind of get to that compelling why uh, things are done as opposed to just a very uh, definitive how. You know, they actually said when they started this project almost 22 months ago, they said, we're going to revise this handbook. They're taking uh, what were two handbooks, one the church called it Handbook 1 and Handbook 2, and and they combined them into one. They simplified them, and they said, we want to accomplish three things. We want to explain the why we do things in the church, and they said we want to simplify and reduce. Uh, they actually reduce the content in the handbooks by 20%. And then they said, we also want to provide guidance on policy issues. And and the new handbook does address things like medical marijuana and vaccinations and prejudices. Oh, and I think that's so interesting. And, and they did mention that it really is kind of this living, breathing thing that will be adapted, as you said, to a church that is now global, 17 million members around the world. Some congregations are large, some are small. Uh, the diversity is is unique to all of those. How does this new handbook, do you think, uh, play into helping leaders and members of the church uh, understand that why? Well, le- members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints believe in continuing revelation. They believe that 
that prophets and apostles can receive guidance and direction from heaven to administer the church. And because of that, they have to have a document that can change and that can can address current needs. And when you think about some of the sections that have been updated, you find that it has directions on vaccinations. There's an updated section on refugees. There's a section that talks about politics and and reaffirms the church's stance that it's politically neutral. Yeah, so let's dive into some of those. Uh, the, there were a couple that caught my eye in particular. Uh, I want to start with uh, music. Uh, traditionally, music uh, is a piano or an organ in most congregations. Uh, but I actually want to read this uh, from the handbook and from the release that the church uh, issued today uh, that uh, talks about culturally diverse music styles and instruments other than the piano and organ. And it says this, the sacred music that is written or sung in culturally diverse musical styles may help congregations. Uh, goes on to say, music coordinators and priesthood leaders may include a variety of appropriate musical styles that appeal to members of various backgrounds. Isn't that a beautiful acknowledgement of a global church with a global uh, membership from many different cultural backgrounds? And they're saying, bring all the good that you have, worship with us, and and do it in a way that represents the Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah. Any any of the things that came out today in that handbook? Any anything else catch your eye or your attention? Well, you know, this is the eighth major release. Um, this project is all principle based. Yeah. I love that they took something that that before was very very prescriptive and said, let's give our members principles yeah. and let's let them. Um, apply those principles to their local congregation's needs, uh, whatever country that will be. Uh, you know, this handbook's going to be translated into 51 languages. Wow. that's uh, It is amazing And as that continues to grow and to roll out there. Uh, I want to hit one more uh, area that was uh, pointed out in the release from the church today uh, that I think all of our listeners uh, can tee into regardless of their faith tradition. And it was having to do with personal use personal use of the internet and social media. Uh, It says church members are encouraged to, quote, avoid all statements of prejudice towards others and be Christ-like at all times, including online, and reflect a sincere respect for all of God's children. Members should not use threatening, bullying, degrading, violent, or otherwise abusive language or images online. Uh, that's a pretty significant statement, I think, not just from the church to its members, uh, but from world religious leaders to the world. It it does reflect a civility, and and certainly everything that happens within the church um, or for its members should reflect the Savior Jesus Christ. And and so I think the church is trying to do that. You know, earlier they they reaffirmed um, some statements on politics. And they said, faithful Latter-day Saints can belong to a variety of political parties. They can vote for a variety of candidates. Um, but, but what they really were emphasizing is that all should feel welcome in church settings. Mm. So, so leave your politics aside. Uh, you know, be careful what you post online and come and worship and, and let's be a unified congregation. Yeah, I think that unity uh, message was so critical and so interesting in, in light of we spoke earlier in the program today and we'll actually share a little bit more in our final segment uh, from President Dallin H. Oaks, who spoke at a university in Rome yesterday about religious freedom uh, and about the need for that to be protected for believers and for non-believers 
uh, so that we can have these kinds of conversations. And uh, I thought that was interesting that they included that kind of language uh, in the update to the general handbook. Uh, Sarah Jane Weaver, uh, editor of The Church News, always gives us great perspective. Uh, significant announcement today. Again, the Church uh, Revised General Handbook uh, is now complete uh, and online and will be an uh, important thing for uh, people here in the U.S. and around the world as the church continues to, to grow and move forward. Sarah, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.